Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for the wonderful word, the food of our spirit. And we know, Lord, that we have the great teacher. His name is the Holy Spirit. Today, may you anoint me and anoint everyone in this room with your Holy Spirit, that we will not hear just informations, but we will receive the truth, the light, and the revelation from God. And the word today will change our life and cleanse us to become more like Christ, Lord. We commit this time to you. We ask you, Lord, that you will continue to build us up to become a strong disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We'd like to encourage all of you during preaching time, please not chit-chatting. Please don't play with video game, iPad game, but give honor to God. God say in the Bible that we should not throw the pearl to the swine. What does it mean? It means that God will not give such a great anointing and great understanding of His truth to the people who don't value the things of God. So during preaching time, if you chit-chat, talk, play game, play video game, and try to send message to each other by the paper, and don't focus on the word, you are telling God that, I don't care about your pearl, your good things. And definitely, your life will never go anywhere. But people who really focus, pay attention to the things that God wants to speak to them, they value the pearl, value the things of God. God is going to give more and more and more. And your life will be so victorious and successful because you value and honor the things of God. Let's have the spirit in this church to honor the word of God, honor the spirit of the living God. Amen. So pay attention to the teaching today. Psalm chapter 34, verses 1 to 2. I will bless the Lord. This is a comment. This is a writing of a man named King David who experienced the goodness of God. And he said that from his mouth, he will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make it boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear of it and be glad. Many Christians say from their mouth that God is good. But a few minutes later, they turn around and say words which imply that God is not that good. Maybe during the worship time, they sing, God is good. God is so good. After they finish singing the song, they turn to their wife and say, wow, I have a miserable life. Oh, God never helped me. God never protect me. They turn around and say words that imply that God is not that good. In fact, no matter what you say, God still is good. And God is perfectly good. God has no darkness and has no death in him at all. 
Everything about him is good. His will is good. He does only good things. He is light and he is life perfect and so good to all of us. There is no bad things in God at all. But you may wonder why so many bad things happen in the earth today. Please don't attribute those bad things to God. Please don't blame God for your mistakes and for the bad things that happen in the world. Don't blame God because everything that God does is always good. Probably one of the most abused comment and theologies of Christian world or the uh, church's world is this sentence. They said, well, those bad things must be the will of God. They think that everything that happened on earth is the will of God. That is a wrong doctrine. In fact, all kinds of things happen, but not everything that happened is the will of God. And you wonder why bad things happen. Bad things happen because God allow things that happen because you allow things to happen. God created human being to have a free will. And we have the freedom of choice. You remember one time Jesus said to the disciple, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind or you forbid or prohibit or disallow on earth, it will be prohibited, disallowed and bowed in heaven. And whatever you lose or permit or allow on earth, it will be permitted and loose and allowed in heaven. So Jesus tried to say that, it's your choice, whatever you want to do. I will allow it to happen. But many bad things that happen because man make bad choices and bad things happen is not the will of God. And God is not in it. And God is not pleased with it at all. In fact, God was very sad that bad things happen on earth. For example, if you decide to divorce your wife, you dump her and have another girlfriend, God allow it to happen. Is he sad? He's sad. Don't blame God that you divorced your wife. It's your own choice. You have the freedom of choice. Therefore, don't say that every bad thing that happened on earth is the will of God. Sometimes people say that, wow, God allowed this bad thing happen so that I can learn a lesson. God must have a good purpose in it. You know, our God is the good of, uh, God of the lost and found, the God of restoration, even though people do bad things, but he still can use that bad thing to turn around to be the good for his people. But it doesn't mean that the, those bad things are the will of God. So we should not blame God for the bad things, but we should seek God for the good things. We should entertain the idea of God is the good God all the time. Amen. You remember Jesus taught the disciple. And this is what he taught about prayer. May your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. How do you know what is good? Very simple question. How do you know what is good? What is the model of good? I want to say heaven. Every time things happen, you ask yourself, do you see this in heaven? Do you see strife? Do you see divorce? Do you see people fight each other? Do you see killing, stealing, and destroying in heaven? 
There's no such thing in heaven. Every time you make decision whether this is the will of God or it's good or not, you ask yourself, will this happen in heaven or in the Garden of Eden before man fell into sin? So heaven on earth should be here. We should expect heaven in your home, expect heaven in the church, heaven in your marriage, because God is good and heaven is good. In the end time, the book of Revelation mentioned that God will restore the earth. Jesus would come back and Jesus would establish the new heaven and new earth. He would put the new Jerusalem on earth here. And at that time, the Garden of Eden will be back to the earth again. No killing, no destroying, no death, no sorrow, no sadness, no tears, no sickness, and no death. When God established the final kingdom on earth here, because God is good, there is no death in the kingdom of God. So the will of God is always good from the beginning. But why we see bad things happen? Because man sinned against God. Because man messed up everything. Make the wrong choice. Make the wrong decision. Bad things happen. It's the result of sin. It's a result of rebellion. Result of disobedience toward the Lord. There are a few reasons that bad things happen on earth. Let me make a conclusion for you. Number one, simple sin. Number two, because of rebellion and disobedience. Some of you listen to the sermon for years, but you still say, oh no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do my own way. I don't care what God say. I'm going to do my own ways. And then you get into trouble and you blame God that why bad things happen because of our rebellion. Another thing that cause bad things happen because of our unbelief, because we don't believe that God is good. So we open the door for the devil to come in to destroy us. Another reason is ignorance or fear. We live in fear. We live in doubt and we live in ignorance. What should we do in our life to really receive the goodness of God on a daily basis? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We need to resolve all this problem. Number one, we should not sin. We should repent every day. Amen. God just warned me about something in my life a few days ago. And I repented right away. And I corrected the problem right away. I want to live a life of repentance every single day so that I can live in the goodness of God. Repent. Don't live in sin. Don't rebel. Don't disobey. Don't be so rebellious against God. What God say, you don't say no, 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 no. You say yes, 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 yes. Right away, as soon as possible. Number two, you need to develop your faith. How do you develop your faith? By listening to the word of God. I'm glad that we have the MP3 and CD table that you can keep listening to the word of God and be filled with the Holy Spirit because the Spirit of God gives you much faith. A while ago when God filled me with the Holy Spirit, oh, my faith just rise up. And when I pray for you, I pray by faith because the Holy Spirit gives you faith. The Spirit of faith fills you up And the word of God fill you up so you walk by faith. Number three, you need to be out of ignorance by getting to the word, getting to the truth. The more you know the truth, the less mistake you make. 
and the easier for you to receive the goodness of God. So as Christian, we need to work out our salvation. We need to be diligent in being filled with the Holy Spirit, going to the good church, reading the Bible, go to Bible study, listening to the teaching all day long, listening, listening, get into the Word of God, and make decision to repent every single day. Amen? A lot of Christians misunderstand God completely. They make a comment like this. Oh, bankruptcy is from God. It's the will of God. Oh, my cancer is the will of God. I believe God wants to teach me something to have this cancer. Oh, my problem right now is from God. People who say like that and you ask them, what do you learn from God? They don't even know. They try to blame God on the bad things. Instead of blaming God, why don't we repent and do the right things before the eyes of the Lord? Amen? Don't blame God on bad things. Bad things doesn't come from God. Bad things come from the enemy. He who kills, steals, and destroys. The devil and his workers, demons, and evil spirit. So we have to understand and differentiate that God is always good and bad things does not come from him. Bad things come from the devil and we need to resist the devil and take side with God. Live a life of obedience. Amen? God predestined all of us to have good life because we are the children of the good God. How many people believe totally that God is good? And how many people believe that God wants you to have a good life? Amen? Let's believe that. Let's speak it. Let's walk in it. Amen. Psalm chapter 34, verse 8. Test and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. The Bible says that find out for yourself how good God is. You need to have your personal experience of the goodness of God. I'm a man that so easily to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And laugh in the Holy Spirit. And one of the reasons I can do that all the time, because I experience so much of the goodness of God in my life. Every time I start to worship God and think about the goodness of God that He has given me, wonderful wife, good job, good church, good brother and sister, God. <laughs> A while ago, Pastor Da and I turned to each other and say, wow, God is so good to us. We didn't do anything much. God just dropped a worship leader into our church and come up and lead worship for us. Wow. When I just think about that, that I already laugh. Because you're so good that he sent a worship leader to help us. I mean, thank God for Pastor Kenny. Thank God for Bomb. But God add more worship team into our church. Is it wonderful? Is God good? Yeah, he's so good. And we can experience for ourselves the goodness of God. Sometime I noticed that Pastor Da was cooking uh, we call chai yo, or Vietnamese spring roll. Actually, her formula came from her mom. So good. Some people last night ate that in my house. Vietnamese spring roll. Every time she cooked that, my children will walk into the kitchen and pick some pieces and put in their mouth and they say, oh, so good, so delicious. And I was sitting in front of my computer preparing sermon. And I said to myself, no, I'm not going to just hear people say that. My kids say that the spring roll is so good. The chai yo is so wonderful. I'm going to walk into the kitchen myself. I'm going to pick it up and put it in my mouth. 
I'm gonna test it myself. That that jayo is so good. Amen. How many people want to test the goodness of God for yourself? Experience the goodness of God for yourself. Amen. As Christian, if we know the goodness of God and we believe in the goodness of God, we don't need to do a hard sell in preaching the gospel. We don't push people to believe in Jesus. We just believe that God can show good things to people, and they're gonna come in without being pushed, without a hard sell to people. John chapter one verses thirty-eight to thirty-nine. When Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, "What do you seek?" They said to him, "Rabbi," which is to say, when translated, "teacher." Where are you staying? He said to them. Go read the Bible and find out from the Google and put the word Jesus in there, and you're gonna read a lot of things from the website about the Messiah. Did he say that? And you're gonna find where I live from the Google. No, he said to them, "Come and see." They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. These people, when they say Jesus, where do you live? He did not say, "Okay, this is my address. I write it." You go to the Google Map, type in the Google Map, and look from the satellite where is in the town, and look to the computer where my home is to the Google Map. He say, "Come and see with your own eyes where I live." John chapter one forty three to forty eight. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, "Follow me." Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, "We have found him of whom Moses, in the law, and also the prophets, wrote Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph." And Nathanael said to him. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, "Let me explain to you the theology and the doctrine of the Messiah, and let's open the Bible and read the Old Testament about the Messiah, and let's dig deep into the Hebrew and Greek language about Messiah." Did he say that? No. He said, "Come and see." Come and experience for yourself the Messiah. He is a good God. That's what he tried to say. Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael and coming toward him and said to him, "Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit." Nathanael said to him, "How do you know me?" Now Nathanael experienced himself. The goodness of God. Jesus answered and said to him, "Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you, my dear brother and sister. We are not in the business of trying to convince people intellectually about who God is, who the Messiah is. We are not in the business of what we call intellectual debate of the Scripture." We should say the same thing as Jesus and as Philip. Come and see for yourself how God is good. Come and experience for yourself that God is so good. 
free trial, no obligation. You can come to New Hope International Church and experience for yourself that people in the church are happy, full of joy, full of love. Miracles happen in the church. Cancer healed. Demons come out from people. Oh, come to my home and you can experience for yourself that I have a great family. We are happy family because we have Jesus in our family. God is so good to my family. The debt's paid off. God healed my kids. And so good. Come and see for yourself that God is in the midst of us. And he's so good to our church. He's so good to my family. Amen. We don't need to debate. We don't need to fight in debate and argument about doctrine and theology about God. Come and see the peace in this church, how people love one another. Come and see how God heals people from sicknesses and disease. Come and see heaven in my church. Come and see and experience heaven in my home. Amen. Everyone say, we are not in the business of convincing somebody intellectually. We desire to experience the goodness of God for ourselves. And once you experience the goodness of God, you don't need a lot of talkings. You don't need a lot of explanations. Right now, if people want to pay me $1 billion and try to argue with me that the file of God is not real, the anointing is not real, I tell you right now, I will say, get your $1 million back. I'm not going to waste my time arguing with you because I have been touched by the fire. I know that the fire is real. And I don't need your explanation anymore because I experience for myself the goodness of God in his fire. Somebody may come to tell you, you know that swimming pool have no water in it. While they're talking, you're doing a backstroke in the swimming pool. And you get wet. And he tried to convince you with intellectual debate that there is no water in the swimming pool. But you keep doing the backstroke in the swimming pool. When you come out from the swimming pool. And he keeps saying to you, Greek and Hebrew say, you don't have the water in that swimming pool. And you say, brother, it's too late. I am wet. I was in the water. It's too late for you now to convince me that there was no water in the swimming pool. Come and see for yourself. Come and experience for yourself the goodness of God. And that God is so good. Come and experience for yourself the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Come and experience for yourself the love in the church. The fire of God. The healing of God. Amen. Once you experience the swimming in the swimming pool, you already go beyond intellectual debate. When you experience the healing of God yourself, when you experience the provision of God yourself, the protection of God yourself, you go beyond the realm of argument. People may try to come and argue with you. Oh, speaking in tongue is not real. The fire of God is not real. You say, I'm sorry. I don't want to debate with you. I have experienced for myself that is so real to me. Amen? And we don't need to argue anymore. 
because you know you experience for yourself that God is good, and that's my prayer for all the members of this church that you will experience everything that God say in the Bible. You shall experience the goodness of God for yourself, and you can go out to tell people how God is good to you, and no one can deter you away from your faith anymore because you know God is good on your own experiences. Amen. Now, when we talk about debate and argument about doctrines, you need to understand one thing. Now I'm going to go into the sermon. That is just the introduction. <laughs> Now coming to the real meat of the sermon. When we talk about intellectual argument or doctrine, you need to understand one fact. Okay, let me be clear to you. The apostle Paul was caught up into the third heaven. There are three heavens. The first heaven is the atmospheric heaven on earth here, where we live. The second heaven is in the space there, and the third heaven is the real heaven that God sit on the throne. Okay, God allowed Apostle Paul to come out from his body, the spirit, to go to the third heaven, and he wrote so many epistles in the New Testament. This man definitely is something. He's much better than me. He's much more higher faith than me. Much more experienced in God. But do you know what he say in the Bible? He say, "I know in part. I know in part." This man who has so much experience with God say, "I know in part." What he try to say is this: Every Christian in the world just know in part in the Bible. I don't know everything. I know only in part of what God wants to tell me. What does it mean? It means that all Christians in the world have some wrong thing in them regarding the knowledge of God, because we don't in part and we don't know many things. Because we don't know many things, our doctrine can be off for a while. Until God reveals the truth, then we adjust into the truth and we throw away the wrong thing. And I am one of them. I've been a Christian for 30 years. At the beginning of my Christian walk, I don't believe in speaking in tongue. And then one day, God revealed. Then I submit to the Word of God. Then revelation come. I knew. I knew in part at that time, and I did not know about the fire of God until 1996-1997. I knew in part. I was wrong. I was teaching the member in the wrong way for many years about many things. Until one day, God revealed to me, and I said, "I'm sorry, God. I repented, and I told the congregation I'm wrong, and we need to go to the truth, not my own wrong doctrines. We all have some wrong thinking and wrong belief in our heart because we know only in part. We know only certain part of the Bible. We need to admit that we are not." God, and we are not expert in every issue in the Bible. Should we come and sit and debate about doctrinal issue and fight each other and split the church and fight and fight and fight? Many times, Christian friends fall out from each other and never talk to each other for hundreds of years, <laughs> for years, ten years, fifteen years, just because one doctrinal issue. And that happened to me. I got saved by. A group of people, but this group of people did not believe in speaking in tongue. And one day, I got touched by the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongue. They don't want to talk to me anymore. I became stranger to them. And we are Christian. 
I believe in Jesus, they believe in Jesus, but just because the doctrinal differences, they don't want to talk to me. The relationship got cut off. Is that God's will? That because I know in part, they know in part, but we know different things. But then because of the differences in doctrine, the relationship fall out and we never talk again. And in 1997, 1996, I was touched by the fire. Then a group of people who speak in tongue but don't believe in the fire start to reject me and persecuted me and push me out and say, I don't want to relate to you anymore. Ooh, is that the will of God? That somebody knows something and different from you and then your relationship is broken. Is that happening in the body of Christ? Is that happening the church split? Is that happening the denomination split and split and split? And Christian friends don't talk to each other for many years just because of one doctrinal issue. Let me explain to you. Strife, division, fighting, hating each other are not good. They are not of God. Love, peace, and unity are good. And they are of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know what is really important in the heart of God? Let's get to the basic. What is the most important in the heart of God? It's not about how much doctrine you know. How can you argue about the Greek and Hebrew language? And I know all this Bible and you don't know. You just may be Christian. You don't know about all these doctrines. No. That is not a big issue in the eyes of God. The big issue. The most important thing in the heart of God is, number one, souls, the spirit of man and woman. He wants people to come to know him and repent and go to heaven. Souls are important in the heart of God. Two, love. Three, faithfulness. Even though you know the Bible a lot and you can argue doctrinally and about the subject in the Bible, but you don't love people, you don't care about how that soul is. You don't even walk in faithfulness and walk by faith. That doctrine is nothing to God. God wants you to care about soul. If I'm going to talk to somebody that have different doctrine from me, I'd rather back off and say, I'm going to love you. I'm not going to argue with you. To cause you to be stumble, and then you walk away from God, because of this fight between I and you. I'm going to back off and I'd rather walk in love and I care for your soul. And I pray that one day God is going to reveal that doctrine to you and one day you're going to come to the light and understand. But I'm not going to fight with you for just trivial doctrine that I know and you know. The difference between the doctrines and understanding between Christian and church. Amen? Let's look at the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions, among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Wow, Paul was very strong. He said when there is fight, strife, division, that is carnality. That is the work of the flesh. For when one say, I am of Paul, 
and another I am of Apollos. Are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believe, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Who should we take side with? Pastor Lau, Pastor Da, Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter. Should we take side with that church, that denomination, this denomination, that group of people? Who should we take side with? No man. We should take side with only with Jesus, and we all the children of God. We all on the same side. We all a part of the body of Christ, even though we all know in part, and we may not understand all the doctrines correctly right now. But that is not a big issue. The big issue is we love God, we love one another, and we want to build each other up. It's not about debate, not about argument, strife, fighting about doctrine, and cause division and strife in the church or amongst the churches and among the denominations, and that make God very sad. The head of the church is Jesus. We all belong to Jesus. You are not mine. The, the members of this church are not mine. You all belong to Jesus. I'm just a servant that God sent into the church to minister to you. I own no one in this house. Everyone belongs to the body of Christ. Look at what Paul say. Wow, what a what a wisdom he say. First Corinthians three twenty one to twenty three. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world or life or death or things present. All things to come, all are yours, and you are Christ. You belong to Jesus. You don't belong to man. The Apostle Paul is so clear here. He said that God gave Pastor Lau, Pastor Da, to be a blessing to you. They are yours. And other pastor in America, either preacher like Joyce Meyer or whoever great preacher in America or all over the world, are yours. They all belong to God, and God give them to be the blessing to the body of Christ. Definitely, we have limited time. God gonna lead us to listen to whatever the coffee we like, the coffee cup. I cannot listen to all the preacher because some of them I could not understand, but some of them are my coffee cup. I love to listen because I feel like I don't drink coffee though, but I compare to coffee cup. Uh, it's so good to listen to those preacher because God give them to me. They are mine. So I can learn something from God, but we should not divide the church into the group because oh, you know, I am on the side of Joyce Meyer. I'm on the side of uh, another preacher. I'm on the side of Paul. I'm on the side of Pastor Lau. Oh, you know, we have to fight each other. Take side right now. Tell me right now what side you belong to. There's no such thing in the body of Christ. Amen. Only one side we take is Jesus Christ. Amen. The whole body belongs to Jesus. Therefore, be careful about the divider. The divider is Satan, the devil. The devil will come into the church, and he will cause strife, division, hurting, separation, 
criticism and judgmental words against each other in the local church or between ministries and between churches. We should not be involved at all in anything that will cause strife, division, and separation among God's people. We should be involved only the promotion of love and unity among Christians. Amen? Don't get involved in strife. Don't get involved in gossiping, fighting, and division and separation in the church. You don't have the responsibility to comment about what other people believe and what other people teach. You are not the Holy Ghost Gestapo. You are not the Holy Ghost police officer. Some Christian acting like a Holy Ghost Gestapo. You know Gestapo? The police that catching all the people in Germany. You are not the police. You are not the Holy Ghost police looking for people who teach wrong thing and fight foul with some preacher and criticize and put in the block and attack them. They all know in part. They don't know everything. I don't know everything either. But as years go by, I know more. I learn more. I grow more. I understand more. We all grow in the knowledge of God every single year. And we grow together as a local church. As we know more, we grow more. Amen. So don't criticize anybody. Don't find faults with any preacher or any teacher in the body of Christ. And don't judge them. There is only one judge in the world. And his name is Jehovah. You and me are not the judge. And if you judge people, you're going to reap it because you're going to be judged. If you gossip about people, you criticize people, you're going to reap what you sow. You're going to be judged, criticized, and it's going to be painful. So don't judge anybody. When somebody come and ask you, what do you think about Mr. So-and-so? What he teach that day? You will say, I love him, and I pray for him, and I believe God is going to use him to do great things, and then done. You don't start the conversation judging, criticizing about that person's ministry. You just say, I love my brother, and I pray for my brother. I believe God is going to use him. Amen? Don't start the criticism and judgmental conversation with anybody in the church or even against other churches or against any other ministries. People may say like this. Have you ever heard this? I hear from God that that guy teaches the wrong thing. I hear from God. Yes, you can hear from God, but keep your mouth shut. It's not your responsibility to tell the whole world. You pray for him. If you want to deal with him, go directly to him and say, you know, I don't agree, but I love you, I pray for you, and let the Lord deal with them. Don't go tell the whole world that he's wrong. Amen? It's not your job to criticize anybody. Everyone say, I love the whole body of Christ. I am not a judge. Never talk bad about any denomination. Never talk bad about any ministry. Never attack any pastor and teachers. Because they all know in part. They all have different gifts. They may emphasize certain issue, but they don't know another issue. That's okay. Let them preach whatever they know. And don't criticize them that don't preach another issue. Because they know in part. Amen? Prejudice is more than just skin color. Prejudice go far and wide. Some Christians have prejudice against certain churches. 
Oh, that c h o s e p e a k i n g tongue. Ooh, don't be close to them. These people are tongue talkers. Prejudice can be against educated people, uneducated people, against some people who come from another part of the country. Some of you may not like people who come from the south. Some of you may not like people come from the east. Prejudice can happen in any form, any kind of people. We should not practice prejudice. We should love them all. We should love even people who hate us and reject us. Amen. What does the New Testament say? The new commandment in the New Testament, John chapter 13, verses 34-35. I don't read it, but the Jesus said, "I give you a new commandment, and this is a new commandment: check one another doctrine in order to make sure that it's right. And if it's not right, write them off. Is that right? Is that the new commandment of Jesus? What did Jesus say? The new commandment: love your brother and sister as yourself, as I have loved you. Our job is not to criticize people' doctrine. Our job is not to cause strife and fighting in the body of Christ. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. Let's respect each other and pray for each other and love one another instead of fighting each other about some minor doctrines and theology in the body of Christ. James chapter three verse thirteen. Who is wise and understanding among you? How many people want to be wise? How many people want to have understanding? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. People who really know God, know the heart of God, know that the most important thing in the heart of God is about people, about love and faithfulness. Will treat people with humility and love and build unity. And love among the brethren. Don't be like the Pharisees. That is, we call hypocrites. The Pharisee come to Jesus and say, "I demand you right now to discuss about this doctrine about resurrection. I demand you right now to discuss about the doctrine of divorce." Actually, they were not sincere. They try to fight fall with Jesus. Don't go to anybody and say, "I'm going to challenge you with your doctrine right now." That is Pharisee. That is not love. That is causing strife, fighting, and chaos in the body of Christ. God wants us to walk in love and peace and unity. We should have a lifestyle of meekness. When you go to people, I believe you know something that I don't know. I'm going to respect you. I may know something that you don't know, but I'm going to respect you. I'm not going to raise the issue that I know and try to fight with you and say you are wrong. No, that is we call carnal, earthly, and demonic. James chapter three fourteen to sixteen, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. If Christian practice. Self-seeking. I'm better than you. My doctrine is better than you. You are inviting the devil into the church. Strife is a manifestation of the presence of the devil. I don't want strife in my home. I don't want strife in my church. Every time we begin to fight and argue and debate, 
and start to fight each other and hurt each other by gossiping, talking against each other. We are inviting the spirit of Satan into the church, and he loves it. He loves to see church split. He loves to see people hate each other in the church regarding minor issue, fighting in the church. We should invite the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit should fill the church with love, with faithfulness, with joy, and caring for each other, and compassion and humility in the church. Amen? Every house in this church, every home, every family, please try to stay away from strife, fighting each other in minor issue. Just keep peace in the house. Keep unity. Keep love. Because this unity and divisions are from the devil. And you don't want them to come in. You don't want demonic power to come into your house. You notice that some Christians don't talk to each other for years. Just for minor issue. You need to repent if you hate some brother and sister in the church. Sometimes people fight just because I like this dessert in this party. But I like this dessert. But I don't like that dessert. I don't like that cookie. But I like this kind of cookie. After they could not get along, they never talked to each other for 10 years. Just because of the kinds of cookie in the party. That is carnal, earthly, and demonic. We should not walk that way. Fighting, strife, and division, separation, hurting each other, criticism, judgmental spirit of the devil. So please don't entertain any gossiping in the church. Don't entertain anything that will cause strife and disunity in the church. When you really know God, that God is good and He is love, you promote only good things. You promote only love. You will love your brother and sister. You will not argue with anybody concerning anything. You say, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm going to love you. We may have different ideas. That's okay. Let's settle down. Let's move on. Let's talk. And we don't practice strife, disunity, and confusion in the church. We're going to stop the criticism and gossiping in the church. We're going to walk in love, walk in unity, and walk in the goodness of God. Verses 17 and 18, James chapter 3 say, But the wisdom that is from above is pure, then peaceable, gentle, Willing to yield. We don't fight. Okay, I yield. You want that cookie? Okay, go for it. I'm not going to fight with you. It's not a big deal. That cookie. Full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace in those who make peace. Let us build peace and love and unity in the house of God and between the churches. Because peace, love, and unity are good. And we want to experience the goodness of God. We are not going to fight, cause strife. We're not going to argue and debate about minor doctrinal issue in the church. We will not do anything that hurt people in the church. Amen? You are not the judge. You are not the police. Don't walk to another member and point finger. You do this, you do this, you do this. You're bad, you're bad, you're bad. That is not the way of God. It's not your business to go and judge anybody from your own doctrinal idea. You need to love them. The goodness of God will lead people to repentance. Not judgmental spirit. Not criticism. 
not fighting and debate and argument in the church. Amen. How many people promise God that from now on you're not going to gossip, you're not going to fight and strive, cause strife in the church? How many people say I'm going to build unity? Let me read one last scripture. Matthew 18, 15 to 17. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen or tax collector. This is a principle of how to keep unity in the church. If you have any problem with anybody in the church, somebody offend you, the best way, go directly to that person, resolve it, and done. Don't gossip and talk about that person's mistake to the whole care group and to the whole church. Try to keep it as small as you can. Don't email everybody, you know, that brother did this to me. Don't do that. Try to resolve the problem among the brother and sister in the smallest group as you can. No gossiping, no talking bad about people. Only promote love, unity, and peace in the house of God. Amen? Hallelujah. And if it's not your business... Don't even get involved. Somebody is doing something and you're not their care group leader. Let the care group leader take care. You don't get involved. It's not your business. Because you don't have the right to talk to them anyway. You need to earn the right to speak. If you don't have the right to speak, people are not going to listen to you. Amen? And how do you learn the right to speak? Love them. Give them. Serve them. Give. Love and serve until they know that you love them so much that you have the right to speak to them. Amen? How many people agree with this teaching? Thank you, Jesus. Next time, going to be the last sermon on the goodness of God called Rest is Good. Today, we talk about love, unity, and peace are good. Next time, we're going to learn rest is good. I'm going to quote many scriptures for those who cannot sleep at night. If you can memorize the scripture, you're going to start to sleep every night like a baby. Amen? Let me ask this question. How many of you are prone to be tempted to gossip, to cause strife, to fight, to challenge people, to bring out this criticism among the brother and sister because you grow up in the family that your parents fight they always argue and you grow up that way. So when you come to church, you have that spirit in you. The spirit of wanting to fight, want to argue, want to debate, want to cause strife among the brother and sister. If you are those people, I'd like to ask you to stand up and say sorry to God and ask God to deliver you and set you free from this behavior, from this lifestyle or this temptation that you from now on going to walk in love. Don't be shy. No, we all face this issue. If you are those people, stand up and say, God, I want to promote love and unity. I don't want to promote strife and division and fight in the church or in my home, in my community. Stand up and ask God to forgive you. Ask God to forgive your parents, 
your grandparents who keep fighting and bring strife in the home on a regular basis, and that kind of attitude and spirit already spill on you. You say, "God, I'm sorry. I repent of my sin, of argument, strife, debate, criticism, judgmental spirit, acting like a police, fighting faults, gossiping, talking bad about people." Oh Lord, I want to be like Jesus. I want to promote love. I don't want to be like the Pharisees that want to challenge people. Hypocrisy. Instead of walking in love, I try to cause chaos and division. Lord, forgive me. Help me to control my flesh, control my carnality, control my mouth, my attitude. To think the way you think, that people are precious to you. Love is important to your heart. Faithfulness is important to your heart. Not about I am right and you are wrong, and I'm great, and I'm always right. But it's about unity and love. Lord, forgive me, Lord. Set me free from this bondage. From this behavior, Lord, from now on, everywhere I go, Lord, I will promote love and unity in the household, in the community. I will bring people together to love one another, build a love and unity in the community, Father. No division, no prejudice, no partiality. I want to love everybody, Lord, like you love them, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Turn to the person next to you and say, "I love you." I loved you so much. Love you, love you, love you. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at two zero six two seven five one zero four two. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you.